Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't, coming to you once again from Arlington, Texas. Today with episode 459, it is a Monday, and it is June 21st, 2010, and that makes it a very special day. Actually, yesterday was a very special day for two reasons. Yesterday was Father's Day, so I want to say a thank you to all the fathers out there, and I should say the same on Mother's Day, I guess, because both are very difficult jobs, and uh, it's key to our survival as a nation that we have people standing up and being good mothers and good fathers, so to all of you who have done that, thank you. Um, it was also a special day, though, because it was officially the second year anniversary of the Survival Podcast. I didn't make a big deal out of it this year in advance and telling anybody. I kind of wanted it to be a surprise party. And we have some real special things going on today. As you know, I've been working on the Revolution Is You video. That video will be released to the public on YouTube uh, when this show is live. So if you're hearing it, it's already happened. Please get out and watch it right away. More on that in a minute. Um, it's also special today because I'm going to do a little bit different of a show today. There'll be no housekeeping. There'll be no sponsors. There'll be no announcements. There'll be no mention of anything commercial. I want to tell you what the last two years has meant to me. And in doing so, I really want to tell you what you guys have meant to me for the last two years. And for those of you who may be new to the show, fill you in on a little bit of the history and how the show became what it is today. First, uh, the show notes are usually brief. They're usually a little intro segment, hitting a couple keywords so you know what I'm talking about, so you decide whether you want to watch that or listen that day or not, and then, you know, like kind of an outline. Today's show notes are long and in-depth and will cover some of the things and more than I cover today in audio. So you may actually want to go read today's show notes because it's really a heartfelt letter to you guys to thank you for what you've done. It will also allow you to watch the uh, the video, the Revolution Is You video. Again, more on that in a second. Next, I just want to kind of go over a little bit of how this whole thing started I've talked about it before, but today I really want to talk about it in kind of a little bit more of an in-depth level and help people that maybe have been here six months or a year and haven't gone back and listened to the first 30, 40, 50 episodes understand how this show became what it is. On June 20th, 2008, I took a small MP3 recorder. Back then I didn't even have a microphone yet because I didn't know if this was going to work. And I climbed into my Jetta Diesel, and I headed off to my office on a 55-mile commute that I had done every day. And I said to myself, Jack, there's there's got to be something that you can do. I looked around at my nation, folks, for several years before that. I'd gone from being politically active to politically atheistic, basically. No longer believing in any political party whatsoever. And I still am pretty much a political atheist even today. I, I don't really, you know, even though I call myself a libertarian, that's not about being the party of libertarianism, which, you know, it's the best I guess we have, uh, but it's really not me. I'm just a libertarian person. I believe in liberty. 
And as I kind of fell into that mode, I got a little bit depressed for my country. I looked at another stock market crash on the way. There was no doubt it was going to happen. And anybody that tells you there was a doubt is full of crap and wants to hide the fact that they didn't say it. Because if you want, if you had open eyes in early 2008, you could have seen it coming. That's all you needed was open eyes and open heart and a little bit of honesty. I looked at the potential for this nation to go through some things that would make disasters like 9-11 and Hurricane Katrina look like a joke. I looked at the eventual future for this nation and maybe something like a pandemic being caught totally off guard, food shortages. I looked at what I believe would be eventually, sooner or later, this economy has to collapse. It may not collapse in the Hollywood fashion uh, that a lot of sensationalists think about, but it would. It would collapse. And when it did, people would get hurt. And I realized that we didn't have to get hurt. That people 50 years ago knew, and people 80 to 100 years ago definitely knew how to avoid it all. I looked at it and I realized if we would just follow the wisdom of our grandparents and our great-grandparents, if we'd get our asses out of debt, if we would not put all of our, our, our nest eggs at risk, if we didn't put all those nest eggs in one basket, right? That's an old cliche. And people say, well, I'm well diversified in my investments, but 100% of their money was sitting in a 401k account tied to stocks and bonds. Folks, that might be a big-ass basket, but it's still one basket. I looked at all these things, and I looked at people just gravitating to each side of the political spectrum, becoming more aligned with the marketing of the Republicans and more aligned with the marketing of the Democrats and watched both parties morph into one giant amalgamated pile of crap that really didn't follow either one of their marketing messages. And I watched people hating each other because they listened to a certain talk show or because they put a certain initial after their name. I watched... People on online calling Republicans Republicans, you know, and, and people calling Democrats Democrats. And I thought, do you not freaking get it? This is the United States of freaking America. That Democrat, that Republican, is your freaking brother. Shut the hell up. Get it through your freaking head. We're all in this boat together. And if it sinks, we're all screwed. And the people in charge are not the people you're hating. They're the back door of the government, and they're the back door of the corporations that you never see. And there's nothing you can do about it except take control of your own life. And along that last year before I started doing this show, I came across two people that have had the most influence on making this show get started. Not really the influence on what has happened since it started, but made me pick that recorder up, throw it in my lap, and start screaming at it on my way down the highway. The first was Chris Future, who was a libertarian uh, talk show host and ran a podcast on libertarian ideals. I couldn't listen to him all the time because it was 100% politics, and given the time frame that I was listening to this in, it was all against Obama and Hillary Clinton uh, because it was one of those two that would be our next president. So it wasn't so much that he thought the Democrats were bad and Republicans were good. It was that I'm attacking whoever the next leader is going to be. It's going to be one of these two people, but it's still war on me. But I got something out of it. I got that... If people would listen to him, maybe they would listen to me. And I still doubted it. Because I wanted to talk about survivalism. And I thought, can I do a fresh new idea every day about survivalism? Can I talk to people for 30 minutes to an hour every day about survivalism and keep it interesting? And would they freaking listen to me? Because who the hell am I? 
Sure, I've been successful in business, but nobody out there really knows that. I live in my own little fishbowl. Will anybody care? And then I found a video of a family called the Derveases in, in uh, California. And they were growing six to 8,000 pounds of food on a tenth of an acre. And I heard Jules Derveas say, growing food could be one of the most dangerous occupations known to man. Because if you grow your own food, you just might become free. And at the end of his video, I saw him do something that changed me. He held up a garden trowel, a simple tool of a farmer. In fact, not even a farmer's tool, a backyard gardener's tool. A little shovel, about 10 inches long. And he held it up, he held it up like a Malcolm X fist, a symbol of revolution. And stated, there is something you can do, whatever it is, you should do it. This is what we do. We won't tell you how to be. You do what you can do. And I thought, if this family near Pasadena, California can do this, and if this guy who immigrated to the United States from Canada and lives in the liberal bastion of the world that is California as well can ride around in his car and do this, then maybe I can do this too. So I got in that car and I did my first episode, which today I listened to and I think it was terrible. But I said, I'm on to something here. I'll figure this out. I'll get better. I'll clean up the audio. I'll figure out what to do. And I have something to tell people. And I started talking about basic, the most basic fundamentals of preparedness there were, basic methods of storing and preserving food. And I brought a little bit of politics and a whole lot of economics to the table with it. And I started screaming to you in July, get out of the stock market, get out of the stock market. In August, more, get out. And then September came. In October... And it got worse and worse. And people said, what do we do now? And I said, I don't know. I was honest about it. I knew what to do then. Now I don't know what to do. There'll be a recovery. I think it'll be false. I don't know when. I don't know how long it'll take. And I don't know how long it, how high it'll go. All I knew is that this disaster was coming. But don't worry about it. It's just money. Worry about your life now. And I kept working, and I kept doing everything I could to make this show bigger. And in the first month, we had about a dozen listeners, about 12 people that listened to the show. A month later, it was a couple hundred, and I thought, wow, a couple hundred. I'm on to something. And anybody that knows anything about web marketing would say a couple hundred. Pfft, what the hell is that all about? You know, successful websites have thousands of people a day on them. And I went, if there's 200, there's no reason there can't be 2,000. But let's set the goal, 1,000 listeners by the end of the year. You know, that gave me about four and a half months to pull it off at the point that we decided to do that together. You and I, the audience, the early audience, decided you would help me. And I put together a listener appreciation contest, and by November, there were a 1,000. And by the end of December, there were 2,000. Today, there's a regular subscriber rate of about 12,000 people a day that automatically get the show, one form or another, through the feed. There's another two, three, sometimes 4,000 downloads a day of people that just go to the site and stream it, of people that download it directly that aren't tied into the feed um, to get the show. So we're talking 14,000, some days 15,000 people tune in to listen to this show because of you, not because of me. Without you, there is no survival podcast. I'm just a voice. I'm just one man who takes all of the wisdom that's out there and tries to formulate it into common sense, no bullshit, easy to understand principles and regurgitates it back at you. Without you, 
I don't have a show every day. Without you going out and finding things for me and sending them to me, I don't have a show every day. Without you saying, help me with this problem, I don't have a show every day. Without you telling someone, I don't have a show every day. I'm going to tell you something that's, that's absolutely true. Uh, since I've gone full-time with this show, I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I think is, I, my God, I can't believe that I get to do this again. This is my life now. And I think about how grateful I am that instead of walking out the door to go somewhere I don't want to be, I can stay where I am and do what I love. And that's not just talk about survivalism and preparedness. That's teach, educate, empower, and help people. That's my passion. Everything that I am is about that. That's my DNA. And I am so grateful that I get to live that way now because of you. So I get up and I make a cup of coffee. And whether I've got the show prepared for the day because I did it the day before or I'm going to have to put an outline together, it doesn't matter. My ritual is the same. I take that hot steaming cup of coffee and I walk out my back door and I walk through my garden. It's soul-centering for me. And as I'm going through my garden and I'm training that one bean vine a certain way or pulling that dead plant out or thinking today I need to do this later on or thinking it's going to be hot today, we need to water more than once today because it hasn't rained for two months. When I'm doing those things, at some point I just stop. And it's always a different time. It's always a little bit different away. And I think about you, the audience, and I say, thank you. Thank you to each and every one of you. Usually, quietly, if you were standing 10 feet away from me, you wouldn't hear it, but it's verbal, and it's mean, and it's it's not just because it's the right thing to do or that I should do it. It sets me in the right frame of mind. Gratitude. Gratitude to each and every one of you. And gratitude not just because you listen and share the show. Gratitude not just because I can do this because of you. Gratitude because you act, because you do things, because you make things. Things happen. Gratitude for the emails that come in and say, this is what I'm doing now. Here's a picture. This is my family. This is us together in the woods learning how to build a fire. This is us with our first garden ever. This is my daughter proud of her first strawberry, holding it up. These are real pictures that you're about to see today in the Revolution Is You video. Again, more on that in a second. But that is what does it for me. I get those. And it's not, you know what, I can pay my basic bills with this. That's great. And I don't want to belittle that. And for those of you that financially support this show, and every sponsor that supports this show, and everybody that's ever listened or told anybody, thank you so much for that. But what charges it up is looking out there and going, this is the impact. This is the impact when you bring 14,000 people with a common ideal together and you tell them the power is yours, not mine. When you don't say, follow me, I will lead you. You say, follow your heart and lead yourself. Don't align yourself with a party. Don't align yourself with a faith. Don't align yourself with anything. Whatever you are, you are. If you're a Christian Republican, fine. Don't change that. That's who you are. If you are an atheist communist, fine. That's who you are. Listen to your soul. Listen to your heart. And follow that first. And you may find a different answer 
But what you will find is your answer, the right answer. I can't lead you anywhere, and neither can any other man. All you can gain from other people, from shows, from instructionals, from teachers, from masters, from students, all you can gain is an understanding of the world around you and how you fit into it. But one day, one day you'll stand and you'll feel the wind on your neck and you'll look at this marvelous sky that we have and you'll watch leaves rustle in the wind and you'll realize, I am so small. But I am so powerful, even though I am small. Even though I am weak, in my weakness lies my power. The fact that I can act, I can speak, I can be, I can do, and another person can observe that behavior, take it and transform it to something that's their own, and then be productive in their own way, in their own style, in their own lives, that makes me the most powerful life form on planet Earth. And for those of you that are deeply spiritual, life form on planet Earth. I'm not talking about the most powerful force in the universe, but if I wanted to, I could even make a case for that. But just let that be what it is. We are the most powerful life form on the planet. And that power can be used for good, and it can be used for evil. And I hate even to use the word evil. I almost prefer to use the word bad. That power can be used to make our farmland the most fertile thing there is for growing things. That power, if we apply it properly, could make soil stronger and better every year, more fertile every year, and give us greater yields than ever before. Or we take the easy way out, the bad way out, and we could turn our soil into fallow sponges that only produce when we lay chemicals on top of them. And every other choice in our world is that way. But here's the thing that makes you powerful, the individual. You can't change what the collective does. You can't change what the largest portion of society decides to do at any one time. But you can change yourself. You can't change the fact that most Americans have less than a week of food in their house. But you can change the fact that you have less than a week of food in your house. You can have 30 days or 60 days or a year or whatever fits your lifestyle with your new understanding of the position and place that you're in. You can change you. You can't change the fact that most Americans have no connection to their food. That food comes in shiny packages, well prepared and frozen. They've never even sliced into a piece of meat before it was cooked. But you can change that about yourself. You can grow a carrot in your backyard, even if it's just carrots. At least connect yourself to the earth that sustains you. And when you grow that carrot, you'll realize that every other thing you eat, somebody somewhere sweat and toiled to make sure that you could eat. You can do that. You can have chickens that produce eggs. And when you eat that egg, you can realize that it's not wrong, but whenever you eat something, something died so that you might live. Do you know what that is? Gratitude. You know, I'm not trying to save the cows. I think cows are great when we slice them up and we get that grill to about 500 degrees before we put that on there and we sear the heck out of it. It caramelizes with some good seasonings and we cook it till it's nice and it's still a little bit red, not even pink in the middle, you know? We let that rest and we eat that after it cools so that all the juice doesn't come out. I love that. But I'm grateful to that cow who gave its life. Maybe not willingly. But that's the cow's role. 
doesn't mean we can't be grateful for it. You know all the bass fishermen that look like idiots on TV that catch a fish and kiss it and throw it back in the water? I think that's cool. I think it's been done for a lot of theatrics, but I think if it's meant, it's cool. Because you know what it says? Thank you. Thank you for gifting me with an experience. I know it's not what you wanted. You wanted to eat a great big shad. Instead, you got a hook protruded through your mouth and I drug you out of the water and you think you've been abducted momentarily by aliens if the fish brain can think that far. And now you're back in the water swimming around and you'll probably forget about it in a few minutes, but thank you. That's what it means to me. I think that we need to say thank you, at least in it, if not verbally, at least in our hearts, a hundred times a day. And it's not about religion or spiritualism. It's about just simply understanding that what we have is precious. And that what comes our way is not a right. We don't have a right to eat. I know you think we do because your TV set told you that. Your educational system told you that. We don't have a right to eat. If you think you have a right to eat... Let me put you on a helicopter, fly you into the middle of the sawtooth wilderness, drop you off in the center of that wilderness all by yourself with no tools, no training, and no resources. You stand there and assert your right to eat. See, at that point, you can assert your right to liberty. There will be nothing to infringe upon it. You can assert your right to life. For the time being, nothing will infringe upon it. You can assert your right to the pursuit of happiness at that point. Whether it's trying to find your way home or staying put and liking it there, you can assert those rights. Those are inalienable rights. Assert your right to eat. Now, you can use your rights of life, liberty, and happiness to pursue a way to eat. But food will not just show up because you do not inherently have a right to it. You have a right to cure it as far as I'm concerned. But that's my view. Maybe it's not yours. I don't know. But I'm telling you, we have to start understanding these things. And as we do, we start to realize that since we don't have a right to food, but we have a right to life, we have a responsibility to go out there and procure food and make sure that it's available to us so we don't end out figuratively in the middle of a wilderness with no resources, especially when other people depend on us, like our children and our grandchildren and our families. That's what this show has taught me over two years. In this two-year period, I've learned more about myself than I've learned about survivalism. I've learned who I really am, and I've only been able to do that by you guys showing me who you really are, by your example. And this year is special because of this video. When I came out with the new song that was co-written by me and Greg Yoz and performed by Greg and, and mixed by a great guy, really awesome dude who offered to mix the song, named uh, Matt McCabe at Finley Sound. Um, when I came out with the song and put it on the air, a lot of people loved it right away. A lot of people went, man, that's, I don't like it. And that's not, I don't like it because I don't like it. I don't like it because it's not the original song. That that Another Day, Another Dollar song, that was your song for like almost two years, man, and now it's gone. You know, I, and that became associated with my brand. But here's the reality, that was never my song. More importantly, it wasn't your song. It wasn't yours. I was a fairly gifted musician, kind of unknown by the name of Bob Moss, 
who put his music up on a site called Podsafe Audio. So I went to Podsafe Audio and said, I gotta find some music that'll work for my show. I gotta find something that'll fit the vibe and the mood. And I can't afford to pay someone to do this right now. I'm not big enough so somebody would want to do it for free. So I gotta find something that's out there. And when I found that song, I went, that fits perfect. But it wasn't your song. It actually wasn't powerful enough to be your song. It's a song of defeat. And in some ways that fits because we have to be defeated before we can know a desire for victory. The greatest victors of all time have first known the, the sting of defeat. So if we want to get out of debt, we have to feel the ravages of debt. Even if we're living the high life, we have to stop and pause and think, 30 years of my life is what it's going to take at this rate. 30 years, and I want my life back. Even if we don't go through a disaster, one day we have to sit down and think, if we had to stay here for two months under quarantine due to a pandemic, my children would go hungry. We have to feel it. We have to feel the defeat, even if it's a virtual defeat. And a real defeat's even more powerful because we really feel it. We can't lie to ourselves about it. So there was a place and there was a time for that song. And that time has passed. And this new song now, well, it's a song that talks about defeat but personifies victory. It says, we have the choice. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, no matter who's in power, we are the revolution in action and deed. The simple things that they've told us don't matter, the backyard garden they said is of no consequence to the giant monolith of the food industry, they wouldn't say that unless it scared the hell out of them. No, they would ignore it. You ignore things that are insignificant. You fight the things that you're afraid of. When two guys are fighting and one knocks the other down and the other guy starts screaming at the one that's on the, on the canvas, stay down, stay down. You're too weak. You can't rise up. He's scared. If he wasn't scared, he'd just let him lay there and see if he got up or not. He's already tasted the power that other fighter has. He knows he got a lucky shot and put him down. He also knows if the guy gets up, he may be more powerful than he was before. That's about the revolution is you. So when I said, send me your pictures, I was blown away. 650, and since I said keep them coming, it's over 700, and keep them coming. Send me more. Send me every picture that personifies, I will do something. I will live from the land. I will master the skills. I want people, send me a picture, folks. Send me pictures of you with a credit card and a pair of scissors. Halfway cut through. Send me that one, too. I want that for the next version. Send me a picture of an empty mortgage book being burned. With your face in it too. Don't hide who you are. There's one picture in the entire video without a person. I just thought it was a beautiful garden, so I, I included it. But no face, no, no, doesn't fly. But today, I want you to watch this video with 120 photographs. Everybody from little children to elderly people and the actions that they've taken. And I want you to understand that you are the revolution. And that's what the Survival Podcast is all about. It's about you. It's about you being who you really are, even when you completely disagree with me. 
Even when you think I'm completely wrong on a subject. Good. That means that you're thinking, acting, and being for yourself instead of following me like a drone because I sure as hell don't want that. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want that anguish of having to think that everything I say you're going to just do without questioning of it. Oh my God, that is a burden I cannot bear. But to know that I have empowered people who will listen to me and take from it what they know fits their life. That's an honor. That's not a burden. That's an honor. And thank you for that. And I will send, you know, sign off short today because I don't have much else to say at this point other than watch the video and share it with your friends. But let me say it has been an honor. It's been an honor to serve with you for two years as part of a revolution that's changing America where we're starting in our backyards, we're starting with our children, and we're starting with the things that matter the most, the things that they say matter the least, but the things that scare them. Independence, liberty, thought, action, and deed. That's who you've been for the last two years. I've been honored to be part of it with you. This has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. Nobody else.